obsessed with all things ovine, there is seriously something about sheep and always something new to learn about keeping, breeding and farming them. Welcome to the Sheep Show podcast. I'm Jill Noble from Holston Valley Farm and Sheep Stud and your host. The Sheep Show podcast exists to help you no matter where you are in the world, what sheep you breed, what size your flock is. This podcast will help your sheep knowledge and your shepherding confidence grow. And it's a two-way street. I love to hear from you and find out how your sheep journey is going. Contact me via Instagram at Halston Valley Farm or via email jill at halstonvalleyfarm.com.au. Come along on this episode as we explore the amazing world of sheep and sheep farming together. can't actually believe it. I am nearly finished lambing. It's been quite a busy, hectic, compact lambing season. I still have a few more to go and then I have an, a late group that won't lamb until probably four or five weeks. But the main bulk of my lambing, my winter lambing is over And boy, what a season it has been. And of course, the learnings just keep coming. It's it's been quite an interesting uh, time. From talking to lots of other people here in Australia, it's actually been quite a challenging lambing season. Now, no one really knows what's caused that, but everyone I speak to seems to have one issue or another, be it more mastitis than before, more problems with milking, others milking and dystocia as well. And my last week really has just, it's felt like it's just been one difficult birth after another. I am, uh, I have to say, I have got the hang of the head back issue. And I've been talking to my dad about it as well quite a lot. But um, I actually managed to do it several times over the last week and pretty impressed with myself, I have to say. Listen, I prefer not to have to do it at all. I would much prefer to not have the problem in the first place. But I feel like I'm quite confident now with um, flicking that little head back up and uh, and getting it free. But um, uh, I'm talking to, to a few people about what it could be. Um, I think I've boiled it down to two possible things. One, ewes that are overweight, particularly I believe the le- the leg bent back is, is with dystocia is overweight. I don't think my ewes have been all that fat, to be honest, but that is one reason why we might experience more dystocia. And then the other reason might be down to potassium. So what do we do for potassium? Well, it's apple cider vinegar, really. So that can help. Obviously, the best thing would be to have better potassium levels in the soil and in the grass. That would be much better, of course. Uh, But in the absence of that, well, we have to resort to something else. So definitely something for me to do next year. Increase the quantity of apple cider vinegar I will give my use. I did give them one drench. And they did get a little bit extra in their water when um, when they were confined into certain areas. But that's something for me to really 
do seriously and try and do it throughout the year. I feel maybe I've been too focused on that pre-lambing health and if I was able to have it more consistent throughout the year, maybe it would give me a better result, maybe it would give me a better um, outcome as well. Uh, other things I've been trialing quite a lot is um, dealing with these other issues. I suppose there's been two key issues, apart from the dystocia, which I'm seriously over it, I have to say. Um, I have gone through so many milking gloves uh, this lambing season, but the, the two other issues have been you health, uh, other health with use. That's been one of my major issues. And then I've had a few little interesting things with lambs I thought I'd share with you uh, about as well. Um, so anyway, before we get to there, a few other things I've really observed this lambing season is how mothering is impacted by food on offer. So where the, the mother, the mothering instinct is better the if the if there is food available and the minute like I had a few ewes that I thought oh this is not going to go down well once I gave them a little top up of some lucerne they just kicked into gear it was like wow this mother has just certainly improved their attitude towards their lambs with just a little bit extra food so that's been really interesting so, so getting that food on offer. And then the other thing was when I was lambing in a larger sort of paddock, um, I, <laughs> I went over a few afternoons and I did find a lot of my lambs either came quite early in the morning, that's sort of um, five, six, seven in the morning, or they were in the, in the evening. So four, five or six in the evening, that sort of time frame, And um, one evening I popped over to a paddock and I saw this lamb just, you know, ju- jumping about as lambs do. And I thought, oh my goodness, how am I ever going to spot this mum? And of course it was a maiden. And you, you probably already know this, but I thought it was worth mentioning. The thing to look for is the stain on the udder. So that is a sort of a dark stain. Obviously blood is really obvious if you see that. But where it's been a couple of hours, you might just see the stain on the udder. It's also a good sign when you are classing your ewes at weaning to look for and feel that udder. So the stain might still be there, but the udder might be dry. And that might tell you that the ewe has lambed, but either lost a lamb or hasn't get got, gotten that lamb through to weaning. So that little stain, quite interesting. Sticking with our ewe health then... I've had several issues. Um, one of them is use just not milking straight away. And then the other is use where they do milk straight away, but then the udder goes really hard. And I've talked to a few other people who've had this experience recently as well. And I, I, I would like to say that it's just in younger use, but it doesn't seem to be. It, it was even in, in older use with very well-developed bags and others and things like that. But what has worked for me is, you guessed it, vitamin C. And what I've been doing is injecting vitamin C and then spoonfulling powdered vitamin C with dolomite. Dolomite. So dolomite has got an amazing ratio of calcium and magnesium in it. 
And what I've been doing is just mixing powdered vitamin C in the Dalmite and opening up the ewe's mouth and feeding her that mixture down her throat. You could obviously add it to the food. I find I just feel like I know for sure she's got it and quickly by putting it down her throat. And that has really helped. That seems to just soften that udder and get that milk flowing again or helping to, particularly helping to drop that udder if that udder is hasn't dropped or that milk hasn't dropped. But that's probably been my only you issues that I've experienced so far. Um, I have had a few ewes that have gone from sort of pasture and into a pen and I've been giving them lucerne and they've had some runny feces and things like that and some scours and I tried a few things and the thing that I find works best and ironically I think it's probably one of the cheapest is a product called Berg Oil, B-E-R-G, Berg Oil. It's um, it's quite a smelly, sticky, don't ever spill it on your clothes, you'll never get it out uh, substance. And it actually contains mineral turpentine. The company that uh, produce it and distribute it is International Animal Health. They actually do the BioWormer product that I know a few of you have been asking me about as well. So um, check it out, Berg Oil. Um, it's... It, you can you just administer it. You just chuck it down their throat. As, as I said, it's it's not easy to administer, and it's definitely a nasty, sticky, smelly. Like it will stink your clothes and your hands and everything. But hey, it fixes the you. And uh, and if you find obviously you want her to be healthy and and feeling good, and not have a tummy upset, and the burgoyle seems to fix it and fix it really quickly. Like I had a you that went from complete squirts out the back end within less than 24 hours, normal pelleted poo. Amazing, amazing, amazing result. And she was just on some lucerne hay, stalky lucerne hay and the burr oil down the throat and it just transformed her. Um, and you could see that she was, again, much more willing to look after her lambs when she had that little bit of extra um, extra burgoyle and, uh, and helped her tummy and really settle down her tummy. And there must be something in there that, that really settles down the tummy because they, when you read the ingredients, they're quite interesting, sort of weird and wonderful ingredients, but it works. And that's really, I suppose, for me, who, who knows what sometimes the, the reasons are behind it, but, uh, it's good to, to sort of see something that actually does work. And it's, it's cheap. Uh, it's, it's not a pharmaceutical. So therefore, you know, you, you know, you, you can get it really easily. And, and I'm, I'm thinking you could get it no matter where you are potentially in the world as well. So check it out. Berg oil. Lambing wise. Well, that's been interesting, I have to say. So I've never had navel issues before with my lambs. And this season I have seemed to have several. I had one lamb that I found uh, as I as I sort of opened up a, a shed one morning, just standing around, you know, healthy, not scrawny or skinny. But when I lifted it up, it was bleeding quite a lot from its navel. Now the navel wasn't swollen, but there was a lot of blood coming out, and if you touched it, it would bleed more. And they also had this particular lamb also had a swelling. 
just beneath this is a ram lamb, so one that was going to be weathered but um, was still entire, and it had some swelling between the navel and his scrotum. And I couldn't actually, it didn't actually work out what it was, um, but I, I gave him some TLC. He kind of came good a little bit. He was started to walk around for me and things like that. Gave him some antibiotics and some vitamin C, but he died eventually. But um, yeah, I just was really interested to know what it might be, if anyone's sort of seen that. I don't think I had a vet nurse look at it who came to pick up some of my other bottle babies, actually, to, to look after them. And she, I thought, is it a hernia? So I had her, I had her look at it and it wasn't a, a hernia. I think in a hernia situation, you actually see some of the intestines as an actual hole. So this didn't seem to be a hernia. So interesting to sort of see that. And now I've got another one who seems to have quite a inflamed, swollen um, navel and this this lamb would be you know ten days old or something maybe six six maybe six days old and um, he's got quite an inflamed funny looking navel and stopped walking his back legs sort of aren't operative I'm thinking it's joint ill which is like an arthritis where bacteria actually gets in the navel and then can cause different types of of joint sickness or joint ill, Um, often because of a a strep, a a strep bacteria, and then you end up with a lame or um, the joints, the limb joints are hot or swollen and the lamb struggles to stand. Um, so anyway, and this is a bacteria that gets into the bloodstream um, via the the navel, into the gut, uh, and potentially into the into the airways as well. So um, yeah, I'm treating it. I gave him antibiotics. I've used. I'm using iodine. I've actually been using iodine quite a lot on navels this um, this season. So. Hopefully that's helped me, but this particular one, I did put iodine on him a few days ago, but it, didn't, it obviously hasn't worked or hasn't done enough to sort of stop that bacteria infection. And that's interesting enough to think that with the iodine, it actually sort of seals it, so it stops the bacteria getting in there at all. So obviously a really amazing product to use, and I've just been putting it in a spray bottle. I use it on... My ear tags, I spray my ear tags before I tag my lambs uh, as well. I generally tag my lambs on the day of birth or the, or the next day after birth as well. Um, and a few, so a few little things there that, that I suppose for me, I would really encourage us to have in our lambing kit would be, and of course, I wasn't quite as prepared this year as I normally am. I had some frozen colostrum but I ended up having to get some extra powdered colostrum. So powdered colostrum, I would highly recommend. I had someone else come to me looking for bottles, baby bottles. So I have some bottles on hand because invariably you're going to end up having to top up your lambs from time to time or indeed potentially bottle feed one if you want. Obviously, I know this is a very personal choice. Everyone farms differently. I do choose to do that. And what I've done this year is I kept a list of people who are interested 
in bottle babies and I've successfully been able to move them on. In fact, sell quite a lot of them as well. Um, the very, they were very healthy bottle babies. I wasn't selling anything that was sick. They were very um, good sizes, good weights, drinking well, you know, all of that, all tagged and everything. So, you know, they're, they're quite valuable animals from, from my point of view. But I think, you know, obviously me having to look after quite a few isn't ideal. So I've just got two at the moment and my little fella that can't walk as well. So that's all I've got at the moment that I've, um, that I'm looking after. And, and, um, I've tried a few things in terms of where to put them. And, uh, at the moment, and this works quite well. I have, I use it, uh, an IBC. Don't ask me what that stands for, but an, it's a, a plas- big plastic drum that you put water in. So it's a big square thing and people reuse them and make all sorts of things out of them. And we have, like the top of one so it's it's quite deep and it's quite big and square and I just have that out the front uh, of the house so nice and handy for me it's undercover and I just put a little piece of mesh on the top at night so that they're nice and protected and um, even on cold nights I've put um, a little roof on there as well so a little blanket or towel on there and that's probably something else for our lambing kit to have some towels at the ready with these navel issues, I've realized that I don't have surgical cotton. And uh, I was talking to Gary. Gary works in medical um, the medical sales field. And I asked him, I said, how would you get some medical or surgical cotton? He said, oh, probably a pharmacy. So I'm going to try and get a little stash of surgical cotton um, at the pharmacy for my surgical kit. I've got a little scalpel and some iodine that I use in my surgical kit. And obviously that came in handy when I had to do my C-section that I talked to you about last time as well. And then I had another friend who had a a problem with the U and unfortunately the U died. But what came from that is an amazing, what I think is an amazing recipe. Now, this little recipe is courtesy of Jane. Thank you for sharing this, Jane. And we found this on um Facebook and it was um vitamin C about 10 mil of injectable vitamin C um ketol which is a glucose solution for energy about 125 mils of ketol and 50 mils of boostical now boostical is a product for cows but when you google it you look it up online Hopefully it's available in your country. You can use it on sheep as well. So <clears throat> Boosty Cal, a 50 mil of that. And Jane says it covers all bases. Um, so I think that's a really good, again, some really good things to have on hand and at the ready if um, if we need to uh, top up or help our use. I perhaps would even add some sort of kelp, mineral kelp or seaweed solution in there as well. Uh, to give them a bit of a boost and perhaps again depending on the, the situation the doll might might be good as well so because generally at, at lambing you know really there's two things that can go wrong stuff with the ewe and stuff with the lamb so we've got to be prepared for both bases I suppose and and have things available and invariably 
they're going to go wrong at the most inopportune time and you need the stuff straight away. You you can't be, and especially if, if you know, you live on farms, it's not easy to get to a town or get to a place where these products are on the shelf. They're just really not available. Some of these things that we're talking about, you know, we're talking about ordering them online or, you know, having to get them perhaps shipped in from different locations or whatever it might be. So it's better to be prepared. And I know a lot of my US listeners enjoy the Lambing Diaries because it really helps them get prepared for what's coming around the corner in in their season. So um, hopefully this will help you so you don't make some of the mistakes that that um, I think I've been making and we've been making over here. And on that navel thing, perhaps something else to have in our lambing kit would be some sort of a surgical bandage. I find, you know, those bandages that you use for horses, you can just wrap your horse's um, calves in. They're really good. They're actually quite good. And that can be really good to wrap up the, the navel area and again, keep it clean if if you have any of these navel issues that I seem to be having for whatever reason uh, this particular year. So yes, still more lambs to come. So far, uh, the late lambers have been much easier than the uh, early lambers. So less disasters, less dystocias, less sort of challenges, but definitely it's been an amazing learning curve for me. Um, and now all that's left to do as well as sort of, um, get, get ready for next year is get some sleep. I think that's something I've been really missing out on and, uh, getting much less sleep than I would normally get in a lambing season because I've just been out and about and uh, it's long, long days and, you know, still, you know, like, like a lot of you still, you know, trying to do your day job as, as well as, you know, husbandry and farming and lambing and everything else in between. So, um, yeah, wherever you are, I hope lambing's going well. If you have any suggestions on any of these weird and wonderful things we've just mentioned, the, the navel issues, the navel bleeding in particular, I mean, that, that poor little, lamb has passed now but it'd be really interesting to know what it was and what it might and what that swelling between the navel and the the scrotum actually was too so getting ready now for believe it or not um marking and, and vaccinations i can't believe that it's coming around so so soon and um we'll probably do that in the next three weeks or so and i'll be using my barbervax again so using that I had great success with that last year I've ordered that and that's been delivered which is fabulous and one of the things I got wrong last year was just not having enough vaccination on hand so making sure I have ample supplies of vaccination so that I can do all my lambs in the one day and uh, and get those all uh, all done hopefully and uh, I put that all to, to bed. So also we'll be using NumNuts device as well to reduce pain and provide pain relief for castration and tail docking. So if uh, if you're not familiar with the NumNuts device, head back to season one of the Sheep Show podcast and listen to that interview with Robin Smith from NumNuts or head to numnuts.store. 
to find out about this amazing device, which I find is a, a very quick and accurate way of castrating and also tail docking. Um, particularly if your lamb is in a cradle. I, I, I find I can't use the numbnuts device while holding the lamb. You need to have the lamb secured by someone or indeed by by a cradle. And this particular year when we do our marking, I will take some footage of our setup for you all and put that in my Instagram uh, TV, IGTV. So you'll see the setup that we use the different sort of stations, because not only am I castrating and tail docking and vaccinating with three different vaccinations. So I do the Clostridial, I do the Barbavax, and we use a vaccine for ovine yonis, a vaccine called Gadare. We weigh our lambs. 